In a world ruled by emotion, where reason is abandoned, God is forsaken, and history forgotten, two brave men will attempt to do the unthinkable. Use their brains. Armed with ancient wisdom, they will bring light into our modern world. This is the Sons of Antiquity Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sons of Antiquity podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined in this studio by my co-host, Evan. What's up? Today's episode is all about, triple parentheses, conspiracy theories. Here's a rundown of what we're going to cover, or rather, uncover, on this episode. First off, what's the difference between an actual conspiracy and a conspiracy theory? Why do so many people believe in conspiracy theories? Why are they so fun? Then we'll go down the list of some of the best conspiracy theories, starting with the JFK assassination, Flat Earth, Alien Visitation and Area 51, Jeffrey Epstein's death, the moon landing, Bush did 9-11, and on BitChute only, COVID-19 conspiracies. Hmm. And then we'll go over our honorable mentions, and then we'll talk about our favorites, Which are the most believable? Which are the most fun? So starting out with, what's the difference between a conspiracy and a conspiracy theory? To conspire means, quote, to join in a secret agreement to do an unlawful or wrongful act, or an act which becomes unlawful as a result of the secret agreement. Conspiracy can be legitimate, and it is a legal term. Conspiracies can lead to jail time. However, conspiracy theories differ from conspiracies in the level of perceived truth behind them. A conspiracy theory is, quote, a theory that explains an event or set of circumstances as the result of a secret plot by usually powerful conspirators, or alternatively, a theory asserting that a secret of great importance is being kept from the public. Now, in theory, conspiracy theories can be true. Sometimes there are secret plots by powerful people for their own benefit. Who else is able to execute evil schemes besides the rich and powerful? In fact, One could say that any suspicion of actual conspiracy could start out as a conspiracy theory. However, conspiracy theory has become a derogatory term, which means, in actuality, a crazy tinfoil hat theory that dark forces are behind an event that is perfectly explainable in less sensational ways. It has even been alleged that the very term was coined by the CIA following the JFK assassination to paint those who question the official narrative in a negative light. The media often calls any allegation of a conspiracy as a conspiracy theory. Is this fair? Let's discuss. What do you think, Kevin? Oftentimes it's premature or it's abused, I think. The term conspiracy theory? Yeah, we'll get into it more later, but I think it's often just used against the media's opponents. I agree. And and they say it so quickly, like, how could you even gather evidence enough to make sure that the theory is untrue? Mm-hmm. They just immediately point, if it sounds something like something they don't believe in or won't believe in, then they'll just say, oh, conspiracy theory. Yes, and I think to to not allow conspiracy theories or to paint people who have a theory about something that's different than the consensus, which usually the consensus is determined by the media. So, like, who are they to even decide? It's never really any official entity, and even if it is, it's usually, like, lockstep with what the media has been telling you. So... Yeah, a lot of the time, there is reason for suspicion. Plenty of reason. And that should be welcomed because we should be welcoming a discussion. We should be welcoming critical analysis 
of everything, especially in this ultra complex world we live in, where it's very hard to determine what's true and what's not. But there are very powerful people, very influential people who will tell you, no, no, I know what's best. I know the truth, even though they don't know any better than you or I. You know, they just have more money and, and a louder voice. So I think open debate about every issue is very important, in, not only in science, but in the news. And when it comes to stories as crazy as the ones we're about to talk about, I mean, there's a lot at risk here. And I think we need to make sure that we leave no stone unturned. So why do so many people believe in conspiracy theories? And why are they so fun? In my personal opinion, the main reason for the widespread belief in conspiracy theories is a lack of trust in authority, either in government or science, most of the time. Almost all conspiracy theories assert that powerful figures in government and or science are lying to us to execute some sinister plot. If these people trusted the powers that be, they wouldn't believe such cynical explanations for the current state of events. However, many of the organizations and groups in question have been pretty sus at times, as the youth say. The FBI and CIA have certainly been engaged in shady business since the Cold War, much of which has been proven. We could also point to a certain medical professional who has been prominent over the past few years. He has definitely made strong claims which were disproven later on. And we do have the United Nations, which serves as a fairly weak world government. The world has been a scary place since the Second World War. It is also pretty depressing that we have gotten to this point. According to a live science poll conducted in 2016, 54% of Americans believe that the U.S. government is concealing information about the 9-11 attacks. Regardless of the validity of the claims, America is a place where a majority of people believe that their own government killed 3,000 of its own people to justify a far-off war which only started two years later in a country which was not really involved in 9-11. Almost 50% of Americans think the government is concealing information about JFK's assassination as well. 43% for alien encounters, 42% for global warming, 33% for one world government, 30% for Obama's birth certificate, Trump's uh, favorite thing there, 30% for uh, AIDS virus origin, 28% for Scalia's death, and 24% for the moon landing. And I'll add that uh, I, I didn't add this uh, detail into my section on Epstein, but about 40% of people believe that Epstein was murdered. So that's that's a more recent thing than 2016, but still very significant uh, number of people believe that it, there was some shady stuff going on there. It is also worth noting that about 33% of survey participants believed in the North Dakota crash, an event which the survey made up. Wow, they just made it up. Yep. So 33% of people believe in conspiracies without any evidence whatsoever. What is the appeal for these theories? We would argue that it gives a compelling narrative as to what's happening in the world. When you believe, the craziness of the modern world can be explained by a few malevolent actors on the world stage. And frankly, that is more comforting to people than the prospect of widespread complicity or natural forces determining our circumstances. When you believe in a conspiracy... You can belong to a community of believers. The crazier the beliefs are, the more isolated and persecuted the group will feel. This brings them closer together. Believers are in the know, unlike the sheeple. It is deeply appealing to know things that others do not know. Do you want secret knowledge? Come join our group. This reminds me of Gnosticism. The Gnostics were heretics in the early church who incorporated a number of Eastern systems to conclude that the spiritual world was created by a good god, and the material world was created by an evil god. But beyond this, an initiate was only given more information as he progressed further into the sect. 
like Scientology. In his confessions, St. Augustine of Hippo recalls how he kept asking tough questions as he progressed in the Gnostic sect. They promised him that his questions would be answered later on, especially when a specific wise man would come to town. Whenever said genius arrived in town, he still couldn't answer his questions. That's when he gave up on the sect. The internet allows fringe beliefs to propagate quickly and gain converts. What is more likely to succeed? Approaching random people or trusted colleagues in your town and trying to convince them that there was a secret conspiracy to cause certain events? Or posting it anonymously online to potentially reach millions of people? The latter, of course. This ties into the increase in schizos who now have a greater opportunity to communicate with each other and the world via the internet. Now, besides these reasons, it's fun to imagine that those we despise are pulling the strings to realize their evil plots. And creating a convoluted story about how people got away with committing crimes makes one feel like a detective who doesn't love a good whodunit. Now, I'd like to add real quick, don't you think that a lot of this conspiracy talk in these conspiracy communities kind of are almost like a religion? I know you said Scientology and you said like you know, Gnosticism, and it is sort of like a, a religion in a way. Yeah, there are certain tenets of faith that can't be questioned. I, I called them converts earlier on. There's definitely some aspects to where some of these claims, you just almost have to have faith to believe in them. Like, we'll get to Flat Earth. That's yeah. an especially notorious one. I agree. And do you think uh, that the love of conspiracy theories and the like growth of them has been almost like a replacement since religion has kind of gone downhill for people? That's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. But a, a lot of people who believe in conspiracy theories, at least stereotypically are uh conservative like the christian right yeah so, yeah I, I don't i don't know how much water that would tread it's it's usually not like liberals except for maybe bush did 9-11 yeah or russia and the russia. 2016 election yeah, yeah but, but so, most most conspiracy theories are more right-wing you're I'd right say. you're right well it was worth a shot <laughs> it was a good theory <laughs> but it is just a conspiracy theory yeah so let's talk about the most noteworthy conspiracy theory the jfk assassination this is arguably the most famous conspiracy theory of all time that jfk was not assassinated by lee harvey oswald as the official story goes but that he was actually killed by another hostile actor or actors and oswald was framed the theory while unconfirmed is immensely popular among average people you don't even have to be a tinfoil hat type to think something is fishy which is why we started with this one it's been around for so long that it's no longer controversial. It was also brought back into the popular consciousness by Oliver Stone's 1991 film JFK, starring Kevin Costner. So here's the official story. On November 22, 1963, President Kennedy, his wife Jackie, Governor Connolly and his wife, and two Secret Service agents rode through the streets of Dallas, Texas in an open-top limousine as part of a small appearance in preparation for the 1964 election. Around 12.30 p.m., as the motorcade rolled through Dealey Plaza, passing the Texas School Book Depository, shots rang out. What followed was captured on a home film camera by a spectator named Abraham Zapruder, whose amateur video is now infamous and is really the only close-up footage we have of the event. Kennedy was shot in the neck. Governor Connolly took a bullet to the back, which exited his chest and impacted his wrist and thigh. Seconds later, Kennedy was struck by a shot to the head. The motorcade sped to a nearby hospital, where the president was pronounced dead shortly after. While all that was happening, local police responded to eyewitness reports that the shots were fired from the book depository. 
They investigated and later found an Italian-made 6.5 Carcano Model 38 rifle, three spent shells, and other evidence on the sixth floor of the building, which was ultimately linked to an employee of the book depository, a Mr. Lee Harvey Oswald, a former U.S. Marine who was arrested in a theater later that day in connection with the assassination and the murder of a local police officer. Though he denied all connections to the event and claimed that he was a patsy, Oswald was charged with the murder of a local police officer, which occurred shortly after the killing, and the actual assassination of the president. While being transferred to the Dallas County Jail, Oswald himself was shot with a revolver by a local nightclub owner, Jack Ruby, who was in the crowd surrounding the city jail's exit. Ruby was arrested and was later found guilty of murdering Oswald. He was sentenced to death, but died of lung cancer in prison in 1967. These findings were put together by the Warren Commission, a committee which collected and reviewed evidence regarding the assassination at the behest of Lyndon Johnson. And they determined that Oswald acted alone and was the lone shooter in the assassination of JFK. Now here's some evidence for conspiracy. Most is circumstantial, but here you go. Practical tests with firearms aficionados using rifles identical to Lee Harvey's demonstrated that the shot was difficult, the weapon jammed frequently, and the time frame was very tight for three shots. Discovery Channel, FBI, and NRA all conducted tests. Zoom in on the Zapruder film and tell me that the last shot doesn't come from the front. Go on, try to do it. We'll wait. Oswald's rifle scope was damaged or was nearly impossible to sight correctly without essential parts, which were never found with the rifle or scope, and using iron sights would have required low point of aim, plus six floor position would have required even lower point of aim on top of that, making shots more difficult. The trees lining the road still had full leaves even in November, partially obscuring the view from the sixth floor. Many bystanders reported more than three shots. Jack Ruby had connections to mobsters, the Yiddish connection, look into that, and was contacted by the FBI multiple times in attempts to recruit him as an informant. Almost perfectly intact bullet found on Gurney with Governor Connolly, a bullet that allegedly passed through Kennedy, the seat in front of him, Connolly's body, and his wrist, and left a surface wound on his thigh. LBJ was sworn in on the plane to Washington just two short hours after the assassination, but that's just standard procedure, right? It is, though. To not not have a period where there's no president. I mean, I hear you, but it was it seemed a little too soon. He seemed too eager. But I don't know. Again, circumstantial. The autopsy was wrapped up quickly, and the limousine was sent back to Ohio after being examined by forensic teams. Eighty percent of the car was rebuilt, and it was put back into service. It was refurbished again in 1967. All of this at the request of LBJ. Dun dun dun. The Warren Commission admits time and again that Secret Service, FBI, and Dallas police failed in their duties or executed them poorly. It's a series of coincidences. One bullet was never accounted for. The tracheotomy hole in Kennedy's neck may have ruined evidence which would have indicated whether the front side neck wound was an entry or an exit wound, and that would have determined whether or not the shot came from the front or back. A suspicious man was reported in the grassy knoll area ahead of the motorcade. A shot from there could have explained the rearward motion of Kennedy's head in the Zapruder film, which is hard to explain based on Oswald's position behind Kennedy. Why did Oswald wait to shoot Kennedy as he was driving away at an angle when he could have shot him half a minute earlier on the adjacent street where he would have had a clear oncoming shot? So many things had to go right. Two out of three shots above center of mass on a moving target from 75 to 100 yards 
in less than eight seconds with an old, partially damaged rifle from Oswald, whose rifleman skills were up for debate. Poor performance light by local police and Secret Service protecting Kennedy and Oswald. Eyewitnesses all correctly pointing to Oswald, Jack Ruby being in the right place and right time, and successfully killing him. Near-perfect recovery of forensic evidence. So let's talk about means, motive, and opportunity. The means. The mob had access to weapons and could easily find a skilled marksman willing to do the job for the right money. And obviously, the CIA, FBI, or LBJ himself would have had no trouble finding top-notch sharpshooters. In the motive, the mob wanted John and Bobby out of the way as they were cracking down on organized crime and foiling their operations. And we saw Bobby was taken out a few years later. LBJ would obviously become president if Kennedy died, so there's a big motive. And many individuals and agencies within the U.S. government wanted to escalate operations in Vietnam, which JFK was hesitant to do, so removing him would ensure that foreign policy went their way. And opportunity. Both the mob and CIA could have made time to do this. The president's visit was planned well in advance and was no secret to the public. I'll leave you with these quotes from the 1976 House Select Committee on Assassinations, which reviewed the Warren Commission and its results. The investigation into the possibility of conspiracy in the assassination was inadequate. The Department of Justice failed to exercise initiative in supervising and directing the investigation by the Federal Bureau of Investigation of the Assassination. The Central Intelligence Agency was deficient in its collection and sharing of information both prior to and subsequent to the assassination. The FBI failed to investigate adequately the possibility of a conspiracy to assassinate the president. The FBI was deficient in its sharing of information with other agencies and departments. The Warren Commission failed to investigate adequately the possibility of a conspiracy to assassinate the president. This deficiency was attributable in part to the failure of the commission to receive all the relevant information that was in the possession of other agencies and departments of the government. Now let me make a few counterpoints. So it's it's not an open and shut case at uh, all. By all means, go yeah. ahead. Lee Harvey Oswald was a known communist who actually traveled to, some might say he even defected to, the Soviet Union. But he decided to came back when he became disillusioned with them, too. He definitely had Marxist uh, tendencies, which ran counter to JFK's strong stance against the Soviets in the Cold War. He was a complete loser with no future and a lot of resentment, let's be honest. It is possible he acted out of personal spite or was recruited by the Soviets while he was over there. The Soviets had a lot of reasons to want JFK dead. The Cuban Missile Crisis had been resolved by JFK with some embarrassment to Khrushchev, but there were certainly a lot of people with motives to kill the president, as we mentioned above. A large number of eyewitnesses saw and heard shots from the book depository, placed Oswald at the scene, saw him carry in a large covered object that morning, which was the rifle, saw him flee the scene, and witnessed a man strikingly similar to him kill a policeman. The gun was his. The picture of him with the gun was genuine, despite his claim that it was fake and no concrete physical evidence of any other shooters has surfaced in the decades since the event. Moving on to a very serious conspiracy theory, Flat Earth. (laughs) Here's how it goes, according to them. The Earth is actually flat, and it's not a sphere. It is surrounded by ice on all sides of the disk. NASA has been lying this whole time. What we have called the North Pole is the center of the disk, And what we have called Antarctica constitutes the entire perimeter of the disk. So if you look at it, if you were to make a map of the world flat, and you were to start, like, the very center is the North Pole, and everything surrounds that. Sure. So Antarctica becomes huge when you do that. It looks like it's the whole outside of the map. Yeah. Because that's where the South Pole is. 
Anyways, uh, NASA guards the ice walls so that people won't be able to discover that the Earth is actually flat. Astronauts are actors paid by the government. Supposed pictures from space are manipulated by NASA. There is a grand conspiracy by governments, media, schools, scientists, airlines, and others to keep this truth from leaking to the public. The real question here is the motive for doing this or believing this. Unlike many other conspiracies, I can't see why a spherical Earth model is so important to maintain. What do governments have to gain by lying about this? Also, the sheer number of people who have to work together to keep this lie going is just incredible. And why does it not take forever to travel around the world in the Southern Hemisphere? If it really were the outside of the Earth, of the circle, it would take way longer to travel around the Southern Ocean than around the North Pole at its opposite latitude. Yeah, the North Pole would be extremely small, very tight circle, and uh, the outside would be an enormous circle. Means. NASA and other complicit parties have the only access to the truth. They can spread lies without being called out. Motive. NASA and the powers that be want to hide the Earth's flatness from us. I don't know why, though. <laughs> An opportunity. Until recently, only governments have been to space. Therefore, they were the only ones who could take pictures. It's worth noting that people have believed in a spherical Earth since the pre-Socratic philosophers. Aristotle, in his book On the Heavens, Book 2, Part 14, gives many reasons to believe the Earth is spherical. He says that everything tends to go towards the center of mass, explaining why gravity is always down when you're on Earth, creating compression in the center. Also, lunar eclipses always show a round shadow, meaning that the Earth is round. But I thought about it, I thought, well, a uh, flat Earther could say that it's just the disk like, being shined on from the other side. Yes. So look like a circle. And I address that later when we, we talk about, you know, ways to disprove that. We'll, we'll mention that. As you move north or south, the visible stars change, as would happen on a sphere. Aristotle quotes scientists of his day with a circumference of 400,000 stades for the Earth, or about 63,000 kilometers. The real value is about 40,000 kilometers. So despite Aristotle saying that the Earth is a, quote, sphere of no great size, <laughs> he overestimated its size by over 50%. About a century later, a man named Eratosthenes calculated its circumference to be about 1.5% of its actual value, using distance between two cities and the sun's angle to the Earth. Smart guy. Tiny little soapbox here. This points to a great historical cliche. Not only do many moderns think the ancients were stupid in general, they think that they were flat earthers. Even in medieval Europe, at its worst, no educated person believed that the earth was flat. They relied on Aristotle and Ptolemy in this regard. They were geocentrists, but this is a much more understandable conclusion than flat earth. And though the average American is snotty against flat earthers and geocentrists, ask them for scientific reasons to not believe in either. I'll wait. This is why everyone needs a good classical education. There are good reasons to oppose flat earth theory, of course, but if you don't know why you're a spherical earth proponent, you're no better than the flat earthers. True. So here's some quick ways to prove that the earth is round for uh, all you guys out there who have flat earth friends. The earth's shadow on the moon is always round shaped, even throughout the night as the earth is spinning. If the earth was a disc, sometimes that shadow wouldn't be round. It would be like a thin line, like the side of a penny, but it's always round. Imagine that. Now where's the edge? Go take a picture of you standing on it. Or show me the guards who are guarding you from being able to access the edge. All those NASA guards who are around the entire perimeter of the Earth. That's a lot of guards. 
You know, we can barely protect our southern border. You mean to tell me that NASA has enough money and resources to protect the entirety of Antarctica? Come on now. Come on, man. Ships disappear over the horizon even as the ocean in front of them looks flat. This proves curvature. Additionally, you can stand on something tall and you can see the ship further out, but it eventually still goes over the horizon. Yes. If it was a flat earth and you went up high, you could see the end of the earth. And if you stood, or let's say you got a dinghy in the middle of the ocean, so there's water around you 360, and you watched a ship do that, you can do that in every direction. So it's a curved sphere in every direction. Uh, how coincidental, also, that the moon, the sun, and other planets never turn sideways for us to see their flat profile. Or are they spheres, and we are the only planet in the observable universe that is disc-shaped? And, the, like Evan said, the higher you climb, the further you can see. And on a flat plane, that wouldn't be the case. If we were a flat disc, you could go up maybe over the tallest object, and no matter how high you went, you could see the whole shape of everything. But that's not the case. Why? Because the Earth curves away. So the higher you go up, the more you can see. If it was flat, you could see everything from like 100 feet up. Next up, Alien Visitation and Area 51. If you've ever watched the History Channel after midnight, you know there are tons of wild theories about extraterrestrials. People love to speculate on the existence of alien beings, but where did all this talk of little green men first begin? Though the earliest civilizations all believed in gods, spirits, and supernatural beings, the first people to conceive of aliens, as we use the term, meaning mortal beings from other planets, were probably the Greeks or the Romans. As the Epicurean poet Lucretius once said, nothing in the universe is unique and alone, and therefore in other regions there must be other earths inhabited by different tribes of men and breeds of beasts. Since then, thinkers and philosophers and later science fiction writers have toyed with the idea that other races of people could exist outside our solar system. But conspiracy theories involving aliens didn't really blow up until the 20th century. The crashes of an experimental U.S. Army weather balloon in 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico, led to a ton of speculation on the exact nature of a supposed flying saucer and a government cover-up. Telegraphs, the miniaturization of the film camera, improved video quality, and the proliferation of televisions made it easier to report, discuss, or capture images of supposed UFOs all over the world. The internet made it even easier. Couple this with a rapid increase in archaeological and anthropological research during the 19th and 20th centuries, which uncovered many mysterious and unexplainable structures and works of art from antiquity. And you've got a recipe for the ancient aliens theory. According to this theory, ancient man was too dumb to figure out that the easiest way to build a tall structure was to have a wide base, so aliens must have helped them. Hence the suspicious similarities uh, between the Egyptian pyramids, El Castillo in Mexico, and Quincy Mausoleum in China, or the ziggurats of the Middle East. Theorists also point to religious allusions to aliens in art and literature, Ancient sculptures found around the world which are supposedly too sophisticated to create without modern technology, and structures that would have been nearly impossible to create without anti-gravity, like Stonehenge, hovering spaceships, the Nazca Lines, or knowledge of electricity, like the Egyptian battery. And let me add, if you've looked at a few medieval uh, manuscripts, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but some of them look like they have just big old UFOs in the back. It's yeah. Like, have you seen those? I've seen some pictures. You know, of course, I've watched Ancient Aliens. Yeah. So, yeah, they're always like, what does this mean? In this medieval text or this medieval painting, you can clearly see a UFO. It's like, come on, that could be anything. You know, of course, angels are going to be depicted as like riding through and flying and things like that. You know, that doesn't mean it's real. That's just how they depicted them, how they imagined they would 
travel around. I don't know. Oh, and perfect pronunciation on those, uh, the, the pyramids and things like that. That was uh, great. Yeah. I know you practiced a long, long time for that. Kimchi. <laughs> but why would aliens bother with any of this? And if they could travel here, you'd think that they could have helped us make stuff that was way cooler than some stone triangles. Modern man can't even travel to other planets yet, and we've made skyscrapers and nuclear reactors, a bunch of cool stuff. I think they would have dabbled in, in more advanced things if they were real and they really visited us. But let's uh, talk about Area 51 for a minute. Officially, the United States Air Force acquired the base known as Groom Lake, or Homey Airport, in the southern corner of Nevada in 1955 to test the Lockheed U-2 aircraft, then a top-secret operation. The origin of the name Area 51 is unclear, but it has remained in the public consciousness. The base's true nature and purpose is shrouded in secrecy, and the CIA only publicly confirmed its existence as a military base in 2013. Most people believe it to be a testing ground for new experimental aircraft and or weapon systems. But some go further and suspect the base of housing alien technology or the aliens themselves. In 2019, a viral Facebook post led to the formation of a plan to storm Area 51 and, quote, seed them aliens, unquote. Organizers intended to draw a large number of volunteers by overwhelming the base uh, security with sheer numbers and get inside and see the aliens. The event drew less than 5,000 people. It was actually just more of a big festival, and it ended with seven arrests. Sadly, no aliens were found. Now the means. The U.S. government certainly has the means of hiding aliens wherever they want if they exist. Area 51 is highly secure, and signage on the outskirts warns that deadly force will be used in the event of a breach. But the popular focus on Area 51 may be the bait-and-switch, so that nobody goes looking for the real secret alien base. Area 42069. Yeah! Now what about the motive? All governments have to keep secrets from their enemies, of course, and hiding aliens or their technology would require the highest level of secrecy known to man. Not only could exposure lead to public unrest, it would let our enemies know what we're packing, and we don't want that. Plus, the aliens may want to hide from the rest of the world. Maybe they're shy. You don't know. In the opportunity. Since Area 51 was established before the TV era really took off, and well before the internet age, it was probably pretty easy for the government to establish the base in secret and hide whatever technology they needed in there. Now let's talk about one of my favorite conspiracies on this list, and a conspiracy that a lot of people these days are, are really still interested in. The death of Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein was a financier, broker, billionaire, and a sexual predator whose private jets and private island allowed him to rub shoulders with the world's elite. Some of his former associates included Donald Trump, the Clintons, Bill Gates, Alan Dershowitz, and Prince Andrew, to name a few. He was convicted of soliciting a child prostitute in 2008, but served little time thanks to a controversial plea deal, and soon he was back to his old ways. But the law caught up to him again in the summer of 2019, when he was arrested once again, this time for sex trafficking, and Epstein was held in the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York. Here's the official story. On July 23rd, an unconscious Epstein was discovered in his jail cell with neck injuries. His cellmate was questioned, but the internal investigation cleared the man of any possible wrongdoing. A lawyer for some of Epstein's victims suspected he was being targeted and warned that Epstein may be killed in prison. He was then placed on suicide watch. On August 10, 2019, Epstein allegedly hung himself in his jail cell, and though guards attempted to revive him with CPR and transfer him to a nearby hospital, he was pronounced dead soon after. 
Following his death, the investigation into his sex trafficking operation focused on his close associate, Ghislaine Maxwell. So here's the conspiracy theory. The theorists claim that the details surrounding Epstein's suicide are, as usual, extremely strange and far too coincidental. And considering the vast network of people, powerful people, that Epstein knew, there was plenty of motive for a murder there. Let's look at some of the strangest coincidences. While in the security housing unit at the MCC, Epstein was supposed to have a cellmate and a guard check in on him every half hour. The day before his murder, his cellmate was transferred, and on the night of his death, no guard checked in on him for about three hours. The guards who were tasked with checking on him fell asleep at their desk and later falsified information related to the case. Epstein's suicide was the first suicide at the MCC in 14 years. The bunk bed in his cell may have been too short for him to hang himself, considering Epstein was almost six feet tall. Epstein's cell had two security cameras aimed at it. They both malfunctioned that night. His body was removed from the scene shortly after discovery, violating the prison's protocols, and his original state at the time of discovery was not photographed, another violation. A bedsheet was used for the alleged hanging, but a sleep apnea machine he used in the cell had longer and stronger parts, like wires and tubing. The hyoid bone in Epstein's body was broken. Some medical professionals and examiners have suggested that this is usually associated with strangulation, not hanging. Blood was found on Epstein's neck, but not on the bedsheet, and the wound on his neck was much thinner than the material found wrapped around his neck. Epstein seemed, quote, upbeat, according to his lawyers, who he met with just before his death. And lastly, Jean-Luc Brunel, a French modeling agent and close associate of Epstein's, was found dead in his Sante prison cell in Paris, France, in February of 2022. Brunel was being charged with rape and trafficking of minors. According to reports, he allegedly hanged himself in the same manner as Epstein. His death is currently being investigated. Also, that everybody, not everybody, but a ton of people said, oh yeah, now it's going to be suspicious suicide before it happened. A lot of people called it and got it right. Yes, a lot of people did. Sad. Let's go over the means, motive, and opportunity. Means. When you're friends with some of the most powerful people on earth, you've got to understand that every single one of them has the means to kill you to protect their own interests. Nearly everyone Epstein knew had enough money and power to assassinate him. Motive. Being associated with a man like Epstein looks bad enough on its own, but if there was a chance he'd snitch on any of his friends and expose them as sexual predators, rapists, pedophiles, or even just accomplices or willing observers to his own depraved acts, that creates plenty of motive to silence him. There's a very good possibility, based on what we already know about Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew, that they may have engaged in sexual activity with underage girls. Proof of that, or even testimony from the man whose business was to procure those girls for rich and powerful people, and for himself, could have been devastating. Don't believe it? Watch the interviews with Prince Andrew and Bill Gates specifically, and tell me that they don't look and act extremely nervous and awkward. If they really were innocent, had nothing to do with Epstein, and were basically untouchable due to their wealth and status, what reason would they have to be nervous? Unless. Now for opportunity. With three unsupervised hours no security cameras, and no cellmate to cry out for help. It would have been simple enough to kill Epstein and stage a scene, especially with uh, as much money and resources as Epstein's associates had. Same thing for Jean-Luc Brunel. The only odd thing is Maxwell. Why not kill her? She was his right-hand woman, but as far as we know, she hasn't snitched, so maybe they trusted her to keep quiet? I don't know. That's a big risk. That kind of is the one nagging thing in my mind about the conspiracy. You know, I really want to believe that 
he was murdered. I think it, it makes logical sense. And the same thing, and now that just recently, last month, Bruno showed up dead. That's I mean, very I think telling. We, I think the average person would start to get very suspicious if she showed up dead, too. Yes. It would just be, like, too much. Okay, so maybe they're backing off because that's too much. <laughs> Perhaps. Next, the moon landing. The official story is that on July 19th, 1969, three astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, and Buzz Aldrin, entered lunar orbit. Armstrong and Aldrin detached from the command module, leaving Collins behind to pilot in orbit, and descended in the Eagle module, finally landing on the surface of the moon on July 22nd, where they would remain for 21 hours before lifting off and rejoining the command module to head back to Earth. While on the moon, the men walked around, took photographs and video, planted a United States flag, collected samples, took seismic readings, got a call from Richard Nixon, explored the edge of a crater, and left some keepsakes. So here's the conspiracy theory. The idea was started by Bill Casing in his 1976 pamphlet titled, We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 Billion Swindle. So what are his issues with the, one of mankind's greatest achievements? Here is his case. There are no visible stars in the moon footage. There's no blast crater under the lunar module. The shadows from various objects are strange. The American flag moves kind of funny. And the U.S. didn't have the technical prowess to pull off such a stunt. Some people claim that the entire thing was fake. Not just Apollo, but Mercury and Gemini programs too, and perhaps even the Russian attempts at sp space exploration. The broadcasts, the audio, the video, it was all an elaborate hoax to boost morale and win the space race without actually going to all the trouble. Some even claim Stanley Kubrick was tapped to make the footage come to life. Means. Could the 400,000 NASA employees responsible for making the lunar programs happen keep such a huge secret? No, probably not. Somebody would have snitched. Could Kubrick have made the broadcast footage look as convincing as it did in 1969? No. The special effects tech back then wasn't nearly good enough. As good as 2001 A Space Odyssey looks, and it still holds up mostly even today, it's still not perfect. And why did not one single person out of the millions that watched Neil Armstrong step onto the lunar surface say, hey, that looks kind of fake? Now for the motive. Convincing the American people and the Russians that we indeed landed on the moon would have been a big motivator. Think of how it would have boosted our morale and ruined the Soviets' hopes of winning the space race. Very true. Opportunity. Hollywood sets, or even a special studio built in a secret remote location, could have been easily available to the government. And with enough time, effort, and money, a convincing hoax might have been plausible. But even if people bought the footage, the secret would have gotten out eventually. Too many people would have been involved. Plenty of people have busted these moon hoax conspiracies. Even the OG Mythbusters. Check that episode out. But just like the Flat Earthers, the moon hoaxers just won't trust the science trademark. Now, time for everyone's favorite. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, Bush did 9-11. But could he really? Could the President of the United States really have orchestrated the largest attack on U.S. soil and use it as an excuse to wage a war in the Middle East and distract from an investigation into missing government funds? Let's review. The official story goes like this. Teams of Islamic terrorists associated with Al-Qaeda, 19 in total, most of them Saudi, hijacked four separate passenger aircraft and rerouted them towards their intended targets. Two planes crashed into the World Trade Center buildings in New York City. One plane crashed into the Pentagon, and the fourth crashed in a field in Pennsylvania following an uprising by the passengers. Heroic. 
Their motives may have been revenge for U.S. support of Israel, sanctions against Iraq, and or troops being stationed in Saudi Arabia. Nearly 3,000 people died as a result, which led President George W. Bush to wage war against al-Qaeda and other Islamic terror cells, namely Osama bin Laden, the orchestrator of the 9-11 plot. When Afghanistan refused to expel al-Qaeda and surrender bin Laden, American forces invaded and attempted to depose the Taliban, and bin Laden snuck away to evade capture for the next decade. The Conspiracy Theory Skeptics claim that Bush needed an excuse to go to war in the Middle East to protect oil interests, drive up the price of oil, make money off weapons contracts, create a new world order, or just to distract from the alleged missing funds from the Pentagon or whatever. You name it, there's a motive there. So he and some trustworthy members of his administration planned a controlled demolition of the World Trade Center buildings as a false flag operation. Theorists often cite the fact that jet fuel does not burn hot enough to melt steel beams to prove that the World Trade Center could not have collapsed due to a simple plane crash. So the demolition must have been internal and intentional. They point to anomalous trades of airline, banking, and defense contractor stocks in the days prior to the attacks. They bring up the separate World Trade Center building that was not directly hit by any plane but collapsed anyway. The Pentagon attack is also sus because the plane seems to have disappeared inside the crater left in the side of the building. If you look at photos, it's very hard to see any parts of the plane. The lampposts in the parking lot are also undamaged, leading some to believe that the plane could not have impacted the Pentagon at such a low trajectory as the official report claims. Some say it was a missile. I've heard that, which would not hit the lightposts. You're right. If it was a missile, that would be perfectly explainable. Uh, plus, there is very little video of the event, despite the Pentagon being one of the most secure places in the country. Now, the means. It's doubtful that Bush or anyone in the government would have had access to the equipment and ma manpower necessary to pull this off without raising some suspicion. But if it's anybody, it would be the president. Plus, there is plenty of video of the planes impacting the World Trade Center. So even if thermite was used for controlled demolition, the planes still had to be hijacked. So why not just forget about the thermite and let the planes do the work? They're already in the air. Motive. Governments don't need much motive to invade other countries or wage endless wars. Wouldn't it have been easier and less likely to raise suspicion to just get some CIA spooks to stage a coup in Iraq or Afghanistan, kill a few hundred innocent people in a bombing, fake some kind of declaration of war in the U.S., and give Bush a perfect reason to invade? Seems easier than faking the largest terrorist attack in American history. Although, the 9-11 attacks were a great excuse to pass the Patriot Act. So there's that. Opportunity. Could some secret agents have planted thermite undetected? Or bombs in the Pentagon? Maybe. But how many people would have been needed? Could they be trusted? Could they keep a secret? Probably not for long. But they could. I guess they could plant it in unseen areas. Yes. Uh, the, as far as the planting thermite and stuff, like that would only take probably a few guys planting it in like a you know maintenance closet on a some high floor, and then they just leave it and and it's ready to go. So yeah, and then like one missile hits the Pentagon. Okay, maybe that could be done without any suspicion. So it's probably not the widest spread conspiracy in this list. So it's possible, but what you know, what's to gain, really, that you couldn't just do already? If you want to go into a country, Bush could have just done it. He could have just invaded. No problem. Anyway, this next one is only for BitChute and Spotify and Apple, which are not going to censor us as bad. YouTube is terrible. So if you're listening to this and you're hearing this part of the uh, podcast, congratulations, you're enjoying a relatively free speech platform. Let's go over the official story about COVID. And please note some parts of this are sarcastic from our point of view, but it is the official story, so we will report it thusly. 
In the beginning of 2020, a virus was introduced to the world in the Chinese province of Wuhan. It came about by wet markets, where some Chinese person ate a bat and got infected. It quickly spread within China and to the rest of the world. It was killing people left and right, but the elderly and those with a lot of health issues were the most likely to die. Trump made respected medical professional Dr. Anthony Fauci the head of the COVID response, but mostly left it to the states to decide how to deal with it. In the beginning, a wise Dr. Fauci committed us to two weeks of forced quarantine, mask wearing, and social distancing, or as they said it, two weeks to slow the spread. Only a few, quote, essential businesses were allowed to stay open like medical clinics and grocery stores. Schools were shut down. Everyone who could was asked to work remotely. Travel from other countries was severely limited, and nobody wanted to travel anyway. All of this was intended to allow necessary PPE and supplies to get to hospitals before too many people got COVID. However, as the two weeks came and went, it was clear that the numbers were only getting worse and the hospitals were completely overrun. Healthcare professionals were being called heroes for their sacrifices. They were doing TikTok dances to celebrate. Numbers kept going up, but eventually plateaued thanks to the government courageously doing what it needed to do. However, allowing the states to have their own policies without a strong national response and not closing interstate travel made COVID worse than it had to be. China served as a model of what to do. Its zero COVID policy did not play games. You better not leave your house without permission. If you got COVID, the government took you to a quarantine place until you were free from the virus. By the summer of 2020, people were for some reason tired of living this way with no end in sight. As states loosened restrictions, numbers shot up again. So we went back to lockdown. In late 2020, Trump got COVID and survived, and the first vaccine was developed by Pfizer. Soon, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson produced their own versions. Trump incompetently handled COVID and behaved like a hooligan, so of course he lost the election to the reputable Mr. Joe Biden. 423,000 Americans had died by the time the valiant Mr. Joe Biden became our president. The dark days were behind us. The world was overjoyed. Vaccine rollout continued to be fast and free to consumers. Soon, numbers began to creep down in vaccinated areas. However, due to unvaccinated areas, the numbers didn't go that low. Resistance to the vaccine, for various reasons we will discuss below, was becoming a strong force. Then the Delta variant hit. Soon, supply outpaced demand and Biden was mad. So in the fall of 2021, he mandated that all employees with middle and large-sized businesses be vaccinated or get tested weekly. This faced a ton of backlash but forced a lot of people, including nurses, to get the jab. The Supreme Court struck most of the mandate down just in time for the new Omicron variant to come. As of the time of recording this, 79 million Americans and 438 million people worldwide have gotten COVID. To be honest, probably more because I got it and didn't report it. So. Yeah, me too. F the system. <laughs> 955,000 Americans and 5.96 million people worldwide have died from COVID. So let's, let's go to some points of contention. I hesitate to use the phrase conspiracy theory to, to describe these because I think many of them are actual just points of reasonable debate, but they call them conspiracy theories. So here we go. There are many. First, COVID was made in a government lab in Wuhan, which is a real place, by the way. It is. And it was right near the wet market. And when people came out and this virus started spreading, it was obvious to most people that what's the most likely place that this thing came from? It's a rare, strange disease no one's ever really seen before. And there's a there's a lab that does studies on rare, unseen diseases that no one's ever encountered before. Hmm, maybe it escaped from that lab. That's the most logical thing. And then that was the running theory for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, the script flipped. 
and we couldn't make China look bad. So then it was, oh, it didn't come from the lab. It came from the Wuhan wet market. And then, of course, more studies were done on this to show that there is no way that the the genetics of this disease could have occurred naturally. It is an artificial chimera of a disease. Yeah, and additionally, like um, I won't say who, but I know nurses, and I know nurses who know nurses who were actually practicing. Uh, and if you look at just the composition of this uh, this virus, it does not look like anything else in the wild. It would be a very, very big mutation or a series of mutations to make it look like the way it did. I agree, and that's that's based on everything I've seen. That's that's the truth there. But people wanted to call you a conspiracy theorist and deplatform you for even suggesting that. It, but it's funny now that the turntables, uh, it used to be you better not even say it or you're going to be canceled immediately. But now there's, I think the truth is coming out more about it. Even you got prominent people like Senator Ted Cruz saying like, yeah, definitely, definitely came from that lab. And yeah. you got other people coming Rand Paul, Rand Paul, other major players saying we really need to investigate this at least. True. Uh, the lockdowns were done to control us and to get us used to tyranny. I don't know if that was the original purpose of them, but I think that has been an effect of it. I agree. And I think it goes back to something we talked about in a previous episode, this thing, a cooperative effort versus independent effort is what I'm trying to say. So this was not all levels of society cooperating together to create a new world order. But when the opportunity presented itself to get control over people and to redistribute money from the small business side of the economy to big businesses um they they jumped on the on the chance to do all that not to mention the huge wealth redistribution with all the payments that went out yes but then again the payments went to like everybody it wasn't based on income yes but consider this it was a roundabout wealth redistribution because if you can increase inflation by doing this by spending all this covid money then don't you make it harder for the little guy to survive and the big guys they'll be fine that's a fair point yeah, because they didn't really raise taxes at all. I mean, they just like shut down the economy while also increasing spending. Yeah, so a double like, whammy. Double whammy. I mean, you're going to make <laughs> the amount of tax money go down because, of course, everyone's like going out of business or not selling stuff. Yes. And then like, oh, let's just give out trillions of dollars in these payments from nowhere. I mean, even if they were paid for, you're just taxing people to give them money back. And you're yes. giving it to like everybody. So you, it just makes no sense. Yes, but, but free a stimmy check sounds good to people. And people are, are not following the news and they're not educated on, on economic policy or, or taxes. So they're just like, oh, free money. They don't understand where that's actually coming from and what harm it's going to do to the economy. Yeah, now the reason you're paying $4 a gallon in gas and fast food prices, all food prices, prices of everything have almost doubled You know, over the last few years. There you go. That's what it was. I mean, it's due to debt in general, which has been bad since Bush. Actually, probably since Reagan. But, yeah, you know, even besides the money issue, all the other things that have gotten us used to tyranny, like forcing everyone to wear a mask out in public. People say, oh, get over it. This doesn't mean anything. Okay, you're forcing everybody to cover half their face. Yes. So you're making it to where they can't communicate with each other. They can't give each other social cues. Yes, they're making people even more schizo and autistic than they already are becoming in the modern age, being glued to their phones, not knowing how to socialize, being indoors almost 24-7. Yes. Not only social distancing, which probably was the most innocuous of the major three, um, but like this quarantine thing where you you shut down schools. Yeah, that won't have any effect. I mean, yeah, just learn virtually. 
because it's not like in the in the free market you know when you do things virtually it's like one tenth the price <laughs> of when you actually go and do it in person like these online classes versus going to an actual university yeah i think we are going to see enormous long-term effects from that this is when the birth rate went down so much permanently that's another thing yes the third one, masks, social distancing, and quarantining were very ineffective at preventing the spread. And as we said, in other ways, were very harmful to people. Yeah, so, so was it they worth were, it? Was it worth it? You yeah, know? even if they were effective, was it worth it? Uh, and I would say no. And I would say that if you look to some studies, I think they were done in like one of the Scandinavian countries, can't remember, it was like Norway. They did a test where they had like half the participants go about their daily life with a mask and the other half without to see who, what, which group got more instances of COVID. There's no difference. I mean, if you were going to get it, you were going to get it. It didn't matter about social distancing or a little cloth mask. I won't even try to estimate how many lives were saved by putting the one-way arrows in grocery store aisles. <laughs> Countless lives. The, the bravery there. Maybe, putting if you, arrows. maybe if you can't count to 10, then you can, it's countless. The vaccine was produced far too quickly to not have been in the works before 2020. It must be some government conspiracy. Hmm. I've never really thought much of that. Yeah, it's been proposed. Lots of official medical community has combated it. Because if you think about it, I mean, how long did it take to come up with, like, the polio vaccine? Long, long long time. time. Even more recently, um, these vaccines for other things, it took, like, years and years. And then they're producing this in, like, nine months. Now, my only concern with that is is that if they had longer to work on this, you'd think they would have actually made it effective. We'll get to that. <laughs> That's the next point. Uh, but yeah, it's some conspiracy. Like, they knew they planned it coming, so that way they've been working on the vaccine since before 2020. That's what some people have said. Perhaps. And if the vaccine had a different intended effect then yes i could see them working on it beforehand and uh, that's obviously that's why it didn't work because it wasn't supposed to work see the next point the next one the vaccine has side effects that are being covered up by the government either there are widespread deaths occurring now or the damage will come in the future not enough research was conducted before the rollout that's the big contention with the side effects like because you only had like nine months before uh, pfizer came out with theirs how much research can you do and how much of that time was taken up in research and development and not in like testing on people? Yeah, clinical trials on people. And what we're seeing now is in, a strange increase in, in heart attacks in young people, very suspicious things linked to this vaccine. And the vaccine just simply does not work. Anymore. Yeah. I think it did work when it came out. You think so? Well, yeah. I mean, numbers went down in the vaccinated areas, but now it's like a... If we're doing total uh, disclosure here, I did get vaccinated in like September of 2021. Dun, dun, dun. There's a lot of reasons. And it did, it turned out it didn't matter anyway, because um, cause like a week after I got my first shot, my company forced everyone to get vaccinated anyway. So I was just ahead of the curve by a week. Uh, for the record, I have not been jabbed. I never will be jabbed. And uh, I will fight to the death to keep that from happening. I just, I wonder if you have good reasons, like you have actual good reasons for not getting it. Besides um, like, I mean, do you actually think that you're going to die if you get it? Uh, there's a chance I could have a heart attack. There's a chance I could have a heart, heart attack right now, I guess. But uh, I think there's an increased chance of me. It may be a small increase, but it's an increased chance that I will have a negative health effect by taking it. I've also already had it twice in uh, the COVID. And I only got like a mild cold, didn't have any permanent issues with it. 
And I didn't think I would because I'm healthy. I take care of my body. I eat right. I go to the gym. I didn't feel like I needed it because just because F you to the government. And um, so for all those reasons, I didn't think I needed to get it. And so I didn't worry about it. I just literally did not even think about it. I, I know maybe this might sound like a, a privileged remark here because a lot of people listening maybe uh, work in healthcare or they worked in a facility or place where they had to get the jab and they had to worry about COVID and things like that. But I was blessed, fortunate enough to be able to not even think about COVID on a daily basis. It was almost the last thing on my mind. I just well, didn't think about it. White privilege. Yeah, some will say white privilege. And to them, I say, oh, well, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't care. You can call it whatever kind of privilege you want. But hot take, I didn't care about COVID. I didn't think about it at all. It did not bother me. Yeah, and we both got it. We we both got Omicron. Mm-hmm. You might have given it to me, actually. But, Perhaps. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting because I got vaccinated in, like, September and then late December of the same year, I got the, va- I got COVID. So, uh, Imagine that worked, that. that worked well, you know, I got both jabs like, like a good boy and, um, you know, still got COVID, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, but you know, really I, I got the jab for a few reasons. Um, I knew that I saw the writing on the wall and I knew where this was headed. Like you soon enough, you weren't going to be able to like live a normal life if you didn't get it. And I figured it probably didn't produce all these negative side effects. At worst, it would just be like a waste of my time to get it. I hear you. And with a, with a family and you, you got to provide for them first. And even if that means doing something that might, you know, might quote unquote harm your health or be things that you don't want to do, you got to look out for your wife and kids. I get that. And, um, as for me though, another privileged position I have is that even if they were like, you got to get it or you're fired. Bye. Okay. Yeah, Cause oh. you don't, you don't have a family and I could always go get another job where they wouldn't be as so strict on it. And even if I couldn't, even if there was no way they just shut me out of entire society. Okay. Okay. I'll go live in a barrel. Okay. I, 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 people may think I'm kidding and I'm flexing and I'm joking. That's fine. You can think that. And when you see me on the side of the road in a barrel doing this podcast, you'll know that I'm, I'm real, that they, they can try and they can try to shut me out of society and I will find a way to survive. I'll go live in the woods. I will do whatever it takes, but no one's going to force my hand on that. There are some things I'll let go. That's not one of them. Strange hill to die on maybe, but I got to die on some hill. <laughs> anyway, ivermectin. Let's talk about that. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are much more effective at reducing COVID deaths than the vaccine. Also, just being healthy is the best solution. Fatty's going to die. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty fair point. Um, I think those two drugs there have been proven to work, especially ivermectin. Some people call it a miracle drug. It does a lot of different things, and it's not a horse dewormer. I like mean, it, it is, though. Yeah, not exclusively, though. Okay, well... <laughs> That's I mean, the yeah. original use of it. You that's can like that's buy like, it at the the store for the horses. Yeah, that's <laughs> like saying water is a horse hydrator. Yeah, you okay. can also drink it too. Okay, but it, like but prior to this, it had never been used for anything besides horse deworming. I thought it had. I thought it had been used on humans. Well, it had definitely been tested on humans and was safe for humans. And I think it won a prize. It, yeah, it won it won like a Nobel Prize a few years ago for like being a wonder drug. And it also just happens to be used to deworm horses but you know I, i'm no expert on that so in the comments guys if you know something more about ivermectin go ahead and correct me yeah we're, neither of us are experts about either of those things yeah we should have prefaced all this with we're not medical experts oh well no one else is either that's stop it's them a cor- about of it. course we're not medical experts otherwise we wouldn't wouldn't dare say any of this because we'd get fired yeah i guess the overall point i think it's especially evident on this uh on this covid theory all these theories. I didn't realize there were so many until I thought about it, but 
it really just comes down to a lack of trust and authority. Whether that's justified or not is another question. But, you know, if, if people didn't think the government was out to get them, then they would just say, okay, give me that vaccine and I want to save myself. But I agree. It, but because people, whether uh, it's warranted or not, don't trust government, don't trust science, don't trust Dr. Fauci, then they're not going to do that. And a lot of the backlash against this whole vaccine mandate and all that is because it's a mandate. Yes. If it hadn't ever been a mandate or any kind of pressure from anybody, I think uh, there'd be more willing cooperation. And that's what people don't understand about the trucker convoy and all the protests that were going on in Canada. And the protests that have happened here and really worldwide is people are not protesting the free choice to do things. They are protesting the mandate. They are protesting the force being pushed on them. You know, the, the government is turning the screw and they don't want to feel like they're forced to do something that they're not comfortable doing. And that that is okay. That's a totally good position for like every other issue except for this one. You know, LGBT rights, don't force me to be straight. Don't force me to uh, have kids. Don't force me to keep my kid. I want to have an abortion. Don't force me to uh, live a life without smoking weed, etc., etc. You know, and all of that is okay. Okay, we'll cry over At it. At least we'll let them have free speech. I mean, we let we let Nazis march through Jewish neighborhoods. Yes. And we, yeah, yeah, we won't. Like, that's a legally protected right that the ACLU has fought for. Yet, you don't, we don't have a right to protest this. This yes. is the one thing you're not allowed to talk about in the mm -hmm. wrong perspective. And I think just the hostility to the opposite, to another perspective it breeds a lot of suspicion as well. Yes. If you don't want people to be suspicious of your position, don't treat them like they're scum and try to expel them from society and don't call for their expulsion. It's pretty simple. Like it's better to use words than a club. It, to I know some people are going to believe in conspiracies regardless, but whenever you start beating people over the head for having certain beliefs that some people may think oh, is possible, you're going to push a lot of people to the other side. Mm -hmm. And to all those people using the club versus the words, don't be surprised when people get tired of getting beat and they start beating back. That's hate speech. <laughs> Canceled. Finally, let's move on to a multitude of honorable mentions. The birds aren't real conspiracy theory began satirically in 2017 by a Zoomer. Birds were exterminated by the government in the 1970s and replaced by drones that spy on the American people. Birds sit on power lines to recharge themselves. And bird poop that always conveniently lands on your car, it's actually a tracking device. It's so obvious. Wow, I have I never thought of that. Now, did that bird in that video actually salute Putin? That was fake news. A doctor video. I like to believe he did. I like to believe it too, but they got it from a German, like, video that the bird just... Like, Putin actually did try to salute at the bird, and the bird just kept walking. Oh, but, but okay, so it was edited. It was a very, very convincing edit, and it did trick it, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a hilarious video. It is. And, and if you really zoom in close, you might be like, mm, it's a toss-up, you know? But And I, I'm not going to say that a bird really did that. My issue was that maybe he actually did it, not consciously, you know, but the bird just moved in a way that looked like a salute. That's, that's in the realm bird, of possibility. Birds don't move like that. They don't move their arm they like don't, that? I mean, no. I'd have to go back and no. watch it. It's like very clear it's a salute. Yeah. That's it. It's not right. like him flapping around. Fair enough. But it's hilarious. Some say that 5G and low-level electromagnetic waves, like radiation, in general, are causing negative health effects and even mind control, and even COVID, in some cases. Very strange. There has been an incredible amount of research on the topic, and about all of them say that there is no physical harm from these 
uh, 5G towers or anything. Evan says that these devices are much more harmful in the psychological ways rather than the physical ways. What do you mean by that? I mean, the addiction and having to uh, relying on it for everything. There's a lot of bad effects, but I don't think the radiation is one of them. Me neither. Now, Pizzagate. There was an obscure pizza parlor that was being used by our elites to conduct child sex trafficking. John Podesta's emails made strange references to ordering pizzas, which could have been code for ordering child sex slaves. Of course, Hillary Clinton is covering it up. And the and DJ Avicii, he was trying to expose it, but uh, he was he tragically overdosed, quote-unquote, uh, a few years ago. But we all know what happened. He was Epstein'd. Now let's talk about lizard people. The ruling elites are really actually reptilians. These lizard people, they want the worst for us. They're like uh, aliens or something, and they're, they want to just use us as slaves. Hillary Clinton, of course, is a lizard person. She's a prime suspect. If you want to know what they look like, go watch the show V from the 80s. That'll give you a good idea of, of our reptilian overlords. Here's another one related to Hillary, but this one is propagated by her and her cronies. Trump was elected because of Vladimir Putin and Russian hackers. They hack the minds of Americans and force them to vote for the evil orange man. They say, quote, Russia hacked the election. As if that's possible without actually rigging the voting booths. It would be technically possible to hack an election if you got inside the booths and changed votes. But if you say you hacked the election, it means like they made memes that were too good. Yeah, (laughs) they were so good they convinced people to vote for Trump. Yeah, that's not illegal. Now, what about chemtrails? Chemtrails left behind airplanes are actually for population control. The government also runs weather control machines to further control us. China, however, is actively working on weather control devices, so maybe there is a small shred of truth to this. Next, we get to more serious topics. Holocaust denial. According to neo-Nazis, the Holocaust never happened or it was highly exaggerated. Despite the incredible amount of pictures, historical accounts, eyewitness testimony, and the like, they refuse to believe that Adolf Hitler caused so many Jewish deaths. They either think the whole ordeal was made up, or that the camps were POW camps, where the inhabitants were treated well. Some even say, oh, there's a swimming pool in Auschwitz. It was for the guards. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, Tone, I- I'm just saying, wooden doors. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Enough said. Holocaust denial is illegal in many countries, mostly in Europe. Ironically, neo-Nazis tend to be very anti-Semitic and would probably want something similar to the Holocaust to happen. So it's like, I don't know why you're trying to say it didn't happen when you wanted it to happen. Yeah, there's those Doge memes that are like, inside you there are two Doges. One says, it never happened. The other one says, they deserved it. <laughs> Goodness, so man, which one is it? <laughs> you go to some dark places. <laughs> uh, then there's the Armenian genocide denial. The Turks massacred millions of Armenians during the First World War. To this day, Turkey refuses to acknowledge that this massacre happened at all. They have a strong backlash whenever somebody speaks out against it. Uh, They got some flack, but not nearly as much as the Holocaust denier would get. Finally, our favorites, and which are the most believable. I'd say Kennedy's assassination is the most reasonable. There are many unknowns and a lot of powerful people who wanted him dead. Though I will admit that Epstein did a lot of stuff with famous people, and his supposed suicide was suspicious. And I'm no Bush praiser, but I refuse to believe that that man would kill 3,000 of his own people, and attack his own buildings, because the White House was almost a target as well. If he did, why wouldn't he have gone to war immediately after the attacks, when the motivation to do so was highest? Why wait two years to attack a man who didn't have anything to do with 9-11? It just doesn't make sense. Flat Earth... 
the fake moon landing, and most of the honorable mentions are ridiculous. I'll believe in aliens when I see them. Birds are real, bro. Just kill one and dissect it to see. No microchips in there. Unless they're too small to see. I was gonna say, your miniaturization of technology has made the microchips almost impossible to detect in these birds. Just saying. But then, like, you, you would notice that their bones are made of metal, and there's a motor, and... <laughs> yeah, you're right. It starts to fall apart pretty quick. Yeah. Let me just say that everyone should be careful about how they use the phrase conspiracy theory. I mentioned this before. It is often used to delegitimize reasonable beliefs. I saw in my search somewhere that being against transgenderism or thinking that there was a gay agenda was a conspiracy theory. So really, we, we should just retire the word. It's way too loaded at this point. Need to come up with some other word. I agree. Because you can just throw that out there and you get a ton of people just say, oh, stupid. Okay, moving on. Uh, alternative facts would have been good, but it's associated with Trump. And so it's associated with right-wing conspiracies again. So you end up back where you started. But that's as close as we've come to having a different word for that. Definitely for me, the most believable and my favorite conspiracies are JFK or Flat Earth. JFK because there's so much insanity surrounding the entire ordeal. And Flat Earth because it's just fun to dunk on Flat Earthers. Area 51 is an enigma, and I would definitely love to know what's really going on there. But I gotta say... Those Hillary memes never get old, so the Epstein case is another one of my faves. Similar to JFK, uh, way too many coincidences. Also, the Great Reset is another one I want to talk about, even though it's not actually a conspiracy theory, in my opinion. It's an actual conspiracy that's really happening uh, by elites, world governments, and the World Economic Forum to transition Western societies into a state of total surveillance. No ownership of private property, increasingly digital existence in the metaverse, living and working from home exclusively, and the social credit system, etc. As the saying goes, you will own nothing, and you will be happy. Go on, eat the bugs, drink the soy, like the post, play the games, believe the news, order the food and groceries, and stay at home. Never leave your shoebox apartment. Love, Big Brother. Now takeaways. Conspiracy theories are believed by a huge portion of Americans, in some cases even a majority. Modern Americans are extremely distrustful of their own government. Many of them think that those in charge are actively working to make their lives worse. Conspiracy theories are, at the very least, amusing and interesting. And we hope you were amused and interested by the ones we covered. Now time for our lingering questions. Why do so many people utterly hate and distrust the government? A lot of it is justified, you know, when, when you act like the way, when you act like a hooligan and you just like start, I don't know, everything you do is in secret and then you have like Watergate and just a bunch of scandals. Ruby Ridge and Waco, Waco and so many others. And then you just have general disgust in authority figures like Monica Lewinsky scandal and even Obama's scandal free years. Uh, yeah. Hello. Uh, does anybody remember <laughs> Fast and Furious? Hello. Yeah, good movies. <laughs> yeah, nothing to see here. Just good movies of Vin Diesel. And now, alternatively, why do so many people have such blind faith in government, do you think? Why do so many people just, are, are they willing to just buy the next narrative? There's a meme going around. It's the the Wojak, and it's just like him with a new Facebook profile every so often. Like he's changing his picture for, you know, I'm vaccinated or uh, just wear the mass is slow to spread, or I support Ukraine. Pray for Paris. Remember that one? Yes, that was really the one that started it all. And people, the media comes out with a new cause. You know, they like beam a signal into your brain that activates a code that makes you upset or care about something. And then that's all you see in the news. That's all you see on social media. So you start thinking a certain way. And then whenever that gets just kind of dull, then they just move on to the next one. 
And why do people just glob onto these things? I don't think so. people have blind faith in government in general, because look at what happened when Trump was elected. Okay. True. So it's not like we love the state. It doesn't matter who's in charge. I think they just love the people that are on their side and want to give them so much power. And some people on the right do it too, you know. Trump couldn't do anything wrong. You're right. It's not as bad on the right as it is on the left, I will say. There's a lot more questioning of authority and of, of even your own people. Yes. And you got, like, you got a lot of people calling conservatives rhinos and all that. But you would never... There's not so much of the dinos. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, for better or for worse, the right is more divided. Yeah, uh, I guess it's just human nature for people to have faith in their team, to fight for their team, and ignore the the negatives. As uh, Jonathan Hayde once said, morality binds and blinds. It binds people together, and it blinds them to the negative sides of their team. It's interesting. Uh you know, I'd also say the progressive community um, politics is almost their new religion. So, you know, it's like when people insult the Prophet Muhammad, you know, you get a you get a reaction in Muslim communities. Yeah, they throw their you know, shoes at you. And when you criticize uh, Dr. Fauci in a progressive community, well, you, you may get some shoes thrown at you, too. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. So next, are these wild theories harmless, just fun and games, or is there a real bad effect of this? Most of them are harmless. However, ones that have to do with like the election on both sides can be very dangerous. Uh, ones that have to do with WMDs in Iraq, very dangerous. You know, it can lead governments to wage decades-long wars. That's true. I forgot to include that one. Mm-hmm. There's a few. And also, I, I meant to mention the Las Vegas shooting. We still have never found out what was behind that or why that man killed so many people. Everyone's just forgotten about that because there's been a million different big news stories since then. A million different mass shootings. Yeah. So in general, they're harmless because obviously no one's getting hurt by flat earthers. Like, it's just stupid. No one, birds aren't real. Area 51, even the Area 51, they almost invaded a a government facility and only seven people got arrested. No one got killed, you know, but it's when you start thinking that everyone is against you and like there's a conspiracy around every single corner and you become paranoid, it's very bad for your mental health because you're constantly thinking about all this evil. Don't you think it matters, though, like people not believing in truth, people belie- believing untruths about the world? Isn't that harmful in a way, even if it doesn't hurt anyone, per se? I agree. Yeah, in, a, in the grand scheme, it is dangerous because then you live in what, what people have called the post-truth society where no one knows what to believe anymore. Perfect example is this whole Ukraine conflict, which I don't even want to get into right now, but I'll just say that I don't know what to believe at all. Quite literally, I have no idea what to think about any of this because there's so many conflicting reports. You know, in a world where we should have access to all the information, we have access to literally none of it, or there's just so much of it, we can't parse the truth from falsehood. You know, I've talked to a lot of people over time about, you know, different things, but especially COVID, and the people give their opinion, and but then they'll end it saying... But who knows what to believe anymore? You know, yeah. it's it's a sad state where nobody trusts anybody else. You mm-hmm. know, it's it not is. a good place to live in where everyone just like they they suspect everybody. And you know what? Here's a conspiracy. Maybe that's by design. <laughs> it's possible. What could be done to make conspiracy theories less believed like the outlandish ones? You know, a lot of people have just said, well, we just need to teach them the facts about it. Okay, the flat earthers know the facts, and they have their own ways to refute it. Like I said in the beginning, it's not even about the facts as much. 
in in the more outlandish ones. It's about trust. So you need somehow need to get it to where people trust in the government again. And neither side trusts the government, by the way, totally. Maybe the government just needs to act better. Yeah, they're, I'm, I'm not saying it's the people's fault, but we need to get back to a place where people trust the government to an extent, where you don't have to trust them in a servile way, but just trusting that your government isn't like going to kill you as a pretext for some other action. Yes. You know, that's, I think that's a level of trust that we should aspire to. Mm-hmm. The people, you know, I want to be able to trust my government not to kill me in, in uh, as an excuse to go to war. I agree. And it's sad that that's like the state of us right now in our government. But I mean, really, in a historical context, most governments can't even be trusted as far as you can throw them. I hate to sound libertarian because I'm not. Uh, I'm like Gary Johnson. I'm not a libertarian in any way. <laughs> but yeah, most governments are terrible and awful to their people. So what do we really expect? And you know what? A government is a reflection of its people. If they're treating us poorly, it's because we are, have been slack. We haven't kept them in check, and we're just bums. So they're, of course they're going to treat us like that. Okay, finally, are conspiracy theories caused by distrust, or is distrust caused by the proliferation of conspiracy theories? Chicken and egg. Yes. Which one? That's so tough because it's like hard for me to think of like the first major conspiracy theory, at least just in like America. I would say the distrust comes first. Because, like, JFK is one of the earlier ones, and it might be the earliest one on this list. Uh, besides aliens, yeah. Okay, besides aliens, yeah, because the Roswell thing. Okay. But when people have a reason to distrust their government, then they will invent conspiracies. And so I think when people heard of something crashing in a desert, let's say in Roswell, and they know the government is experimenting on things post-World War II, they know there's a race for, uh, you know, higher technology— Something crashes. Oh, no. You know, what are they hiding? They're going to have a reason to hide something, but they're not letting us see it. Hmm, what could it be? And then people start thinking. They start not trusting the government because it's they're keeping secrets. And so then they start coming up with conspiracy theories. So I think the distrust comes first. And before the JFK thing, people were already suspicious of, of these agencies, you know, the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, doing serious stuff, like also just toppling governments. Yes. Left and right, like Iran. Uh, Latin America. Yes. And so there was so much back and forth clandestine efforts between Russia and the United States that people knew were going on. And they were okay with us doing things to Russia, but they also knew Russia was doing things to us. So there was just widespread suspicion. And couple that with the emotionally charged nature of the 60s itself and just Cold War paranoia, it was the breeding ground for conspiracy theories. I mean, I just thought of this myself. Um McCarthyism. Yes. Another conspiracy theory. Which turned out to be true. Well, okay, it's like less than 10% true. It was grasping at straws, and most of the people were innocent, but a few of them were actually guilty. Okay, fair. But he was on the right track, and, and this he has proven to be right, but like he was too early. Like, a lot, there are a, a bunch lot of communists in the a government lot of now. Fal- yeah, well, a lot of false accusations, to be sure. Fair. So, he went overboard, but the whole idea of communists infiltrating things it's not it's not like he invented that out of thin air true so anything else you want to add before we wrap it up no all righty well that's all for today's show join us again next time for even more ancient wisdom 